Better all those up, Swindon fans. But you're not there yet. In it goes! Oh, it's gone in! Richard left foot in! What a volley! It's the stuff of champions! It's the stuff of dreams! And Donate races it on goal, and Donate! 3-0! The Amex goes wild! What a goal! And now Murray could be in. Snake from Tompkins. What a goal from Glenn Murray. He's hardly had a touch. On he'll go. Michael Smith. Into what he's Hello and welcome to another episode of uh, the, the, the first of a new season of Together, a Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. Uh, I hope you've had an excellent summer. Um, we have had a lot going on. Even though there was no Euro or World Cup going on, we had a Women's World Cup. We had a Cricket World Cup, which was awesome. Uh, we had a Wimbledon. We have a bunch of, uh, I guess, Formula One is doing very well this year. Uh, there was plenty of going on, plenty going on. Um, so I hope you feel rested and relaxed and uh, ready to go through what is sure to be another roller coaster of a season with the Albion. Um, not least because of uh, it's been all change all summer at the Albion too. Um, whether we've been relaxing or not, I can say for sure that they haven't been. Uh, Graham Potter took over, as we know from the episode we did on him. Um, anybody who hasn't listened to that episode, definitely recommend you go back and listen to, uh, I think it was episode 42, um, Graham Potter. Uh, I did a real deep dive into his entire career, um, especially managerial, uh, following himself all the way up from the fourth division of Swedish football, uh, all the way through to, uh, knocking on Bloom's door and saying, I'll take the deal. Uh, I'll take, I'll take the job. So definitely one to look at if you haven't already. Um, and today we have got a real hodgepodge of things to go through. Um, I'm going to scroll through my notes here. I've been making these notes, uh, since the last episode I did. Um, so there's a lot, uh, I've got a couple of, uh, the new signings we brought in. Um, I'll look at some of their stats and I'll look at some of their impacts they had. Um, a little, uh, a little comparison thing I did that I'll go a little bit deeper into at the time. Um, I've looked at the uh, the transfers in and out, um, notable moves for us, uh, and notable exits for us, I guess, um, in the Premier League. So I've looked at all the all the move all the players around us that could have made a difference, um, and all the kind of all the kind of ins and outs that could end up having a, an effect on our season. Um, next up, uh, I took a look at the Premier League table itself uh, and where we shape up in that, and where the rest of the teams shape up, and what that looks like. Uh, for the rest of the season. Um, obviously, I'm going to really enjoy any feedback you lot give, especially about the time when it comes to the table and what we, who we think are going to be the big boys and not. Um, and then we take a look at preseason. Uh, I watched every game bar in the Crawley game. Uh, didn't watch that um, because they didn't have a live stream, and I didn't watch the Fulham game because they didn't have a live stream of that either. I did, however, watch the highlights of the Fulham. Um, wished I'd not bothered, uh, but... Yeah, I watched all. I watched most of them, um, and then we go into a little bit of a look at the Albion deep deep dive. Well, not so much a deep dive, but just a look at what we've got so far. Um, it's tough to really look too much at a deep dive 
purely because um, we have so little data to go on in terms of what Potter is going to do at the Albion. Uh, if this is the third year under Hutton, this is probably like almost the entire show, uh, but we don't have that for us. Um, we're going in blind, which is going to be real fun. Um, and then we're going to take a look at, uh, with one week to go on the transfer market, what we what we could look to strengthen, what the current rumors are, um, and what we think of our squad as it stands. So, uh, let's start. I have three sign-ins that we've made so far this summer. Um, Matt Clark, Adam Webster, and Leandro Trossard. Uh, Matt Clark, uh, I did a whole bunch of research into because I thought he may well be our third centre-back. Um, and now he's gone out on loan to Derby. <laughs> However, I am going to go into his stuff because I did uh, I did spend like 10 minutes getting all this stuff together. So it would be a shame not to. <laughs> um, so Matt Clark, uh, he played 61 matches apparently last season uh, in cup competitions and games in the in the league and all that sort of stuff. 61 matches last season, apparently. Um, four goals, one assist, 17 clean sheets with a Portsmouth side that uh, narrowly missed out on coming up to the championship. Such a shame. Uh, no red cards, five yellows. Um, he's very much classed as a ball-playing centre-half, um, which makes entire sense as to why Derby were the team that picked him up. Um, you know, under Frank, they decided to go to that kind of ball-playing uh, short-passing game that they made you know, nearly gone to the Premier League, so it makes sense. Um, he doesn't make kind of... He doesn't make foul-level mistakes at League One level. Um, pretty clear by the fact that he's barely ever booked um, that he is somebody who is a reliable centre-half that isn't going to get himself in trouble. Uh, all of the Portsmouth fans are convinced he's going to be an England international very soon. Um, can we think about seeing him in the first team this season was a question I wrote. The answer is no, because he's not here anymore. Um, however, I do think that bringing him in um, and then loaning him out may well have been a gear change from Potter. So this is all pure conjecture. I don't know the answer, um, but here's my theory. So we brought in Clark um, and he fits the mold of what Potter should want at a centre-back, right? Ball playing, Good on the ball, comfortable dribbling with the ball, doesn't commit a whole bunch of like erratic fouls, seems to be a good guy, was a club captain at his club, so he's a leader, um, and he's only young, right? Great. However, I'm wondering if Potter originally believed he would be playing a 4-2-3-1 this season, same as he played primarily at Swansea last year. Um, and upon... Seeing the squad, he's obviously changed his mind. However, the belief may well have been for Clark to sit as the backup to Duffy and Dunk. Again, I don't know the answer to any of this, but this is my theory. Uh, Clark was going to be the backup to Duffy and Dunk, uh, learn on the job kind of thing behind them. And if at any point we needed to go three at the back, uh, he or Byrne could fill in. Um, and come next season, if Dunk was to leave, uh, he could then slot in. Easy peasy. However, I think what happened is... Halfway through preseason, Potter realized that he's not happy with a 4-3-2 or 4-2-3-1. Um, he believes the squad is better suited to be a three-at-the-back team. Um, and he's very confident playing three-at-the-back, as we know. Uh, and I think at that point, he realized that he wasn't comfortable with either Byrne or Clark playing as that mainstay centre-half. At that point, he went to the recruitment team, said, I'm not happy with what I want. I've had a change. You know, I've spent a preseason. I've had almost the whole preseason now. Uh, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to go forward. 
Bloom got the checkbook out, uh, shipped off Clark on loan, um, which is a genius move because we now have Matt Clark at Derby, we have Leo Ostergaard at St. Pauli, um, and we have Ben White at Leeds, which means that if Donk was to leave next season, we have three centre-halves who have all had very good quality football, all young, um, and are all coming back trying to take that spot in his in, in the place of Donk. Um, however, Bloom then got the checkbook out and splashed almost 20 million quid on our next man, Bristol City centre-half Adam Webster. Whew. What a signing that was. Don't think anybody saw that coming. Uh, I certainly didn't. Um, but, you know, he is a higher quality centre-half. Um, he's got the high, much higher pedigree than Clark. Um, and he is also young as well, 24 years old. Um, so let's take a look at uh, Adam Webster. Uh, 43 games last season, uh, three goals, no assists, five yellow cards. Sounds very similar to Matt Clark, doesn't it? Um, only only a couple of yellow cards. Uh, his pass percentage was 74%, um, which for a centre-half is incredibly impressive, I will say, um, especially for a more attacking team like Bristol. Uh, average of 6.4 aerial battles won um, a game. Man of the match four times uh, in his time at Bristol City. Um, and had an average of uh, 0.7 shots per game, so he clearly um, maybe holds a set-piece threat too. Um, I don't know, because I've not seen a lot about Webster, I'll be honest. Um, I've read a whole bunch of Twitter analytics on him, but everybody seems to come to the same conclusion of, we're not really sure what he's going to do. We don't have a great deal of data on him. Let's hope he's all right. So, um, we'll see. Uh, his highlight reel seems to be uh, an absolute glut of him running out from the back, dribbling, passing the ball forward. Um, now, if you've watched the last couple of preseason games, uh, the players that played left and right of Dunk, which has been Burn and Duffy every time, uh, Burn has certainly liked to dribble and pass the ball forward. Um, if Webster is visible, uh, is viewed as a better version of Dan Byrne, then he seems to be an obvious signing. Um, all of the Bristol City fans are convinced he was the best centre-back in the left in the championship, although if they didn't, I'm question what they're talking about. Um, but generally, on most of the uh, most of the reactions to this signing, um, the general feedback from most fans is that he, is, he was the best centre-back in the championship that's now gone. Um, can't be bad. So it looks to me... Like, he is going to be the third centre-back in the three-at-the-back plan. Um, I believe we're going to obviously have uh, Dunk in between Webster and Duffy. Uh, Duffy on the right-hand side, De Webster on the left, which seems to be where he's best suited. Uh, all the analysis I've seen uh, seems to have um, Webster on the left side of the central defensive partnership, which is great. Um, and then Dunk is already being given licence to come out from the middle anyway. So it looks like a pretty obvious back three right now. Uh, of Duffy, Duncan, Webster. Going to be interesting to see whether he takes a shirt early on, uh, but we'll talk about that later on into the show. Finally, and this is all we got, because we only signed three players so far. Um, next week, I suspect that um, I'll be doing a transfer window roundup and talking about the rest of our signings if and when they show up. Uh, but Leandro Trossard, definitely the most exciting signing of the season for the Albion. Uh, he is a left winger, um, signed from Genk. Uh, we seem to enjoy a lot of Belgian players uh, at the Albion. However, well, Belgian league players. Um, 
taking a look at his uh, stats and his, his kind of information, um, he scored more goals than any other winger at Albion last year. Um, it is obviously worth bearing in mind um, a massive difference in the style of play. Genk were a top of the league level Belgian side and we were not. Um, and wingers were essentially wingbacks at Albion this year, which is ironic because now we actually need wingbacks. Um, 24 appearances last season for Genk. He got an injury halfway through. Um, 11 goals and 4 assists. He participated in 23% of Genk's goals last season. Uh, that's outrageous. Um, that is a lot of involvement in the final product. Um, Pascal Gross, uh, I believe he was just hot in the mid 30% um, in the Premier League in his first season of goals involved in at, the Bright at Brighton. And that was uh, that was like a record. No, no player had been more involved in goals since like Andy Cole or whatever, right? 23% of Genk's goals last season, very significant. Um, and he plays primarily as a left winger. He has apparently been stated as comfortable in a number 10 role. Um, however, it is worth noting he didn't play a single time there for Genk. Um, I did look into it. I did look at all the data. Trossard never played as an out-and-out -out number 10 for Genk. Um, he suffered a hamstring injury in October of last year. That's what took him out of the team for a while. Um, however, he did continue to score after coming back and even gain the captaincy um, as the season progressed. Seems to be a trend with Albion signings right now, uh, signing Clark and Trossard, both ex-club captains. Um, and I'm not sure about whether Webster was or not. Um, I didn't read anything about him being captain, so I presume no. Um, but we've lost leaders the last few seasons. We've lost Steve Sidwell, we've lost Bruno, we've lost Liam Rosinha, um, who has since gone to Derby. Um, and we seem to be bringing in natural leaders uh, with Clark and Trossard and Webster too, possibly. Um, however... Trossard does have a history of being a bit erratic off the pitch. Um, I think that uh, Potter is probably the best man for the job to change that in him. Um, if anybody has been reading uh, the amount of articles that came out in this last week from The Guardian and The Telegraph and The Mail and all these different ESPN and all these different places. Um, actually, screw ESPN. ESPN said that Potter was the worst manager in the Premier League. Um, you know... We work hard to kind of pr provide this information to our American compatriots, and uh, I love the I love the camaraderie and the conversations we have. But when their main sports broadcaster does no research whatsoever into the lad, like it just made, it just shows you how difficult people have it over this side of the pond um, on getting reliable football information because it was an absolute crock. Uh, yeah. I think Potter is the man to change Trossard from this, you know, this laddish thug dude off the pitch to uh, to a nicer guy. So Leandro Trossard, I think, is going to be our man. Uh, for anybody who plays Fantasy Premier League, uh, he is a steal at 6.0. He is in my team. Um, and I would really recommend uh, watching some of the preseason back if you can. I'm not sure if they have it via a replay, but he was a live wire all the way through. Um, he didn't look out of place against Valencia whatsoever, um, which is a good sign. Uh, he bossed the game against Birmingham. Uh, and the question always was, how is he going to deal with Valencia? And he didn't miss a beat. Uh, I think this is an absolute awesome signing. We didn't need a winger. I know that the idea was that we could probably get better out of the players we have. But I'm delighted with Trossard. He looks a real talent. And again, he's only young. Uh, I think he's like 23 or something. He's really young. And... It looks like Potter is already building uh, building the foundations of a young team that he seems to enjoy working with. 
Um, so next up, and this is this is kind of in chronological order of how I made these notes, barring the Webster uh, piece. So when we signed Trossard, uh, we I saw a lot of people on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Norstan chat, everywhere. Uh, they were there was a lot of people unhappy with the signing because they didn't think we needed it, which I'm not sure I agree with. Uh, you know, Jahan Bach still hasn't produced anything at all. Lacardia is not a natural left winger. Um, and his Kiedo's injured, and we've just got rid of Knockart, which we'll talk about in a little bit too. But, cool, deep breath. I've seen a lot of people complain uh, about the standards of both the Belgian League and the Eredivisie. Um, now, I went into this exercise uh, with the belief that the Belgian League uh, gets an unfair bad rap. So what I did uh, was I took a look at transfers over £6 million to the Premier League, uh, from both leagues from 2010 onwards uh, anything before that and money isn't as stupid uh, you know before 2010 we had reasonable transfer f- well they weren't reasonable transfer fees but slightly more reasonable um, so what I did was I wanted to see the level of quality we're getting um, and I used transfer market for this uh, transfer market website I'm sure you're familiar with it if you're not you can go have a look as well so Dutch players, uh, players from the um, Eredivisie that signed for six million or more since 2010. Davison Sanchez at Tottenham, uh, Giorgio Wijnaldum at Liverpool, Daly Blind, Wilfred Bonny, uh, Christian Eriksen, Davy Proper, Vertonghen, and Chadley. Uh, Belgian players that have signed uh, from the Belgian league for six million or more um, to Premier League teams: uh, Yuri Tielemans, uh, Isquiedo. Mitrovic, Ndidi, Dendonka, Courtois, Benteke, Defoe, Kevin De Bruyne, Kayate, and Cabasele. Um So, to me, my thought was that, uh, my honest thought was that the Belgian league cranked out better Premier League quality. Um, I also came into this not realizing that some of these players moved from Holland. I didn't realize that Wolfram Bonnie came from Holland. Fair play. However, um, I have found just by looking at it uh, that to me there's a very different pattern emerging. Um, so for those people who are unhappy with assigning players from the Belgian league or the Dutch league, um, I think you have every right to pick a bone um, with teams with assigning players out of the Eredivisie. Um, it seems to me that teams outside the top six uh, get trash um, out of the Dutch league. Um, you know, it seems to be very hit or miss. Um, I think that, you know, when you look at these players, Sanchez went to Tottenham, Wijnaldum went to Liverpool, Blind went to Manchester United, Bonnie went to Manchester City at one point, Eriksen's at Spurs, Vertonghen's at Spurs, Chadley was signed by Spurs. You know, these players who ended up being decent or at least a success uh, in the Premier League originated from top six clubs, uh, with pretty much the only standout person that wasn't was David Proper, which is us. Um, however, from the Belgian League, it looks like, to me... My end thought is that if you are wanting to sign a player to play now and do reasonably well in the Premier League, you will be much better going for a Belgian League player outside of the top six. However, if you're a top six team, I think you are much better off going for an Eredivisie player um, because you're not probably going to pick up another Kevin De Bruyne. Um, And it looks like you're able to sign players that can play for you right away. Uh, Vertonghen proper, uh, Vertonghen, Eriksen, Bonnie, Wijnaldum, Davison Sanchez. Um, to me, 
I think Belgium gets a bit too much shit. Uh, and we have every reason to be hopeful, proper, Ali Reza, Lacardia, you know. But to me, Matt Ryan, Izquierdo, Trossard, I feel that Belgium have given us a lot better players. And before you uh, before you chat shit about the Belgian league, league again, um, you know, I would just bear in mind that on their past business, it seems that Belgian league players uh, tend to do better for those teams outside the top six. So keep the faith. Hopefully Trossard can keep that going. Hopefully Izquierdo can come back from injury and kick the crap out of the league. Uh, and everyone's a happy, happy clam. Um, so that was my little project. Uh, we're moving on to the Premier League movers and shakers. Uh, so we're going to take a look at transfers in and out uh, of Premier League teams around us um, that could end up holding some kind of weight for us. So notable moves in or, or just notable moves for us. Uh, che Adams is signed for Saints. Che Adams was a Birmingham City striker. Uh, he was somebody we have been linked with a lot in the past, uh, especially last season. We didn't go for him for whatever reason, or it may have just been a nonsense rumor. Uh, but he's signed for Saints. It's going to be interesting to see what he does at Southampton. I would assume he'll probably be a long-term replacement for Shane Long, uh, like a better replacement for Shane Long, um, but we'll see. Uh, Wesley has signed for Villa. Wesley, another man from the Belgian League. We'll see how well they do. <laughs> um, he was a man that I, I had on my radar um, as someone I would like us to sign. We obviously didn't because he went to Villa. Uh, Brazilian lad, decent striker, more of a target man, similar to Murray, but with a lot more pace. Um, totally unproven at this level, of course, um, and didn't bag an absolute hatful uh, in the Belgian League. So, you know, he's not prolific. Um but I think it's a good signing. Um, I think Villa have signed a lot of good players this summer. Uh, but so did Fulham. Um, and I still believe Fulham signed a lot of good players. Uh, and they went down badly. So it's no guarantee uh, that they're going to do well just because they've signed a lot of decent players. Uh, Aaron won Bissaka to Manchester United. Uh, this is a big story because he came from our biggest rivals, Palace. Um, and it weakens them significantly. Uh they got beat by Hertha Berlin uh, yesterday, which is which was Saturday the uh, the third. Um, they got hammered by them. Um, they do not look to be in a good spot. Hopefully, they continue to sink without a trace. Daniel James moved from Swansea to Manchester United. Uh, there was a lot of talk about us being in for him, and I'm sure we were. Uh, we just had no chance of getting him when he was going to United. Um, looks like he's already played a couple of preseason games under Solskjaer. It'll be interesting to see what he does. Um, it's probably... <sighs> I don't know if it's a good move for him or not. Um, only time will tell. But I have a sad feeling he may well end up being on loan to a lower league Premier League team this time next year. Um, just because that's the way these big teams work. Iose Perez to Leicester, another big signing for us, because that's Newcastle United, Steve Bruce's Newcastle United, uh, getting rid of their best striker and sending him off to Leicester. Um, good move for Leicester, but I don't really consider them competition. I do consider Newcastle. Uh, big move for him too. Be interesting to see how he does. I'm sure he's there to replace the Okazaki uh, kind of role. Um, and it seems that he's had a pretty good preseason. So good luck to him. Glad he's not at Newcastle anymore. One less player to worry about. Uh, Phil Jagielka has gone to Sheffield United. Not sure if he's been starting or not, but that's a pretty good uh, central defensive addition. Um, good signing for them. I have a feeling they might well be defensively sound. Uh, I just think they're going to not score goals. Uh, Tyrone Mings to Villa. 
reason this is a big story is because uh, Tyrone Mings was bought by Bournemouth um, and barely made a single appearance in the Premier League. Um, seemed to be not good enough off the pace. Uh, I believe he came from Ipswich, but I could be wrong, so don't at me. Well, feel free to at me. Um, but £20 million for a player that uh, could not cut it in the Premier League um, is outrageous to me. Um, you know, people have been saying, well, Webster's no different, but we don't know if he can cut it or not. We know Mings can't. So <clears throat> to spend 20 million quid on him seems absolutely mental. Uh, Jay Rodriguez to Burnley is another signing. Great. The racist is back at Burnley. Uh, seems pretty sensible. They're just as racist as he is. Um, so why not, right? Let's just bring the, bring the band back together. Um, I'm sure he'll bag a couple of goals this season, probably against us, because he seems to enjoy playing us. Uh, Consa has gone to Villa, Esri Consa. Centre half I'm very high on. I really like Esri Consa. Um, probably would have preferred him to Webster. However, uh, he went to Villa a long time ago. Um, good signing for Villa, I think. I think he's going to do really well in the Premier League. And I think if they go down, he'll probably get signed by a different Prem team. Um, I think he's going to be a real good good player. Um, again, Villa have signed well. Uh, now, slightly after this, we suddenly had a whole host of uh, strikers come in that all fit the bill for the kind of player Potter wants. Um, so we will go through those real quick too. Joel Linton. Uh, Joel Linton has gone to Newcastle. Not sure what that signing is going to look like in the in the long run. Uh, he was pretty good in the Bundesliga, but not prolific, similar to Wesley. Uh, he wasn't in the Bundesliga, was he? Not sure. Anyway, seems to be a decent signing, uh, and they've just now gone and signed uh, St. Maxim as well, the St. Etienne left winger or right winger. Um, feel that St. Maxim might end up being a bit of a bust, just a pure gut instinct thing, uh, but we'll see how Jolington does. Um... I have no faith in any Newcastle player under Steve Bruce, so we shall see. Uh, Haller to West Ham for £40 million. Whoa. Uh, scored almost 20 goals in the Bundesliga last season. Definitely seems to have the pedigree. Um, but boy, oh boy, £40 million is a lot of money. Um, and if that sets the expectation for the sort of money we need to be paying uh, for strikers who may score a decent amount of goals... In the mold of Glenn Murray. Yikes. Um, that's a lot of money, isn't it? Philip Billing uh, has gone to Bournemouth. Um, the reason that's in this list is because uh, the rumour was that we were supposed to be into, in for him. Um, but Bournemouth beat us to the, beat us to the punch. Uh, plucky Bournemouth doing their business again. Uh, Douglas Louise to Villa um, is another signing that was pretty decent. Uh, St. Maxim to Newcastle. And Ollie McBurney. Um, another player that I thought Brighton might end up being in for from Swansea, simply because he's from Swansea and Potter made him so good, um, has moved to Sheffield United. Be interesting to see how they use him, because um, they already had Billy Sharp up there. Uh, I don't know I don't know what formation they'll be playing, but it was an interesting signing. Um, notable exits for us. So I took a look at players that have left the league for good. Uh, well, not maybe not for good, but have left the league for good. Um, and players that have gone out on loan from us. So, biggest one, uh, notable exit, in fact, there's only one of them. Um, it's Eden Hazard. Eden Hazard, probably the best player to play against us, um, has left the league, thank God. 
Philip Coutinho um, definitely had the best game at the Amex out of any player ever when he was at Liverpool. Um, and then Eden Hazard last year decided to one-up him um, and just rip us a new one every time he played us. So um, I'm delighted to see him gone. <laughs> he is out of here. He is off to Real Madrid. Uh, and he looks a little bit overweight for a footballer standard. Um, but that's not for me to judge. Uh, so, you know, good luck to him. I'm glad I don't have to play him again until we reach the Champions League group stages. Uh <laughs> Players that went out on loan. Ben White to Leeds. Awesome. Brilliant. Get him out there into a championship team. It's going to be a real interesting season to see how he does at a championship level. I'm really happy with that one. Great place to develop. Good stuff. Especially under Bielsa. Walton to Blackburn. Christian Walton to Blackburn. Again, another good signing. Championship football all season. Blackburn... Happy days. Walton should be able to get a full season doing his business at the level just under the prem. Jason Malumbi to Millwall. Again, another player that's been blighted by injury, um, but another championship signing. Great signing. Didn't start yesterday, apparently. Made the bench, uh, but we'll see how he does. Um, he has been a player that has been around for a long time in terms of has a lot of promise, but doesn't do much, uh, simply because he gets hurt all the time. So... It's going to be really interesting to see how he does. I'm hoping the best for him, obviously. So we shall find out. Next up, Jan Mlakar. Now, Mlakar went, uh, Mlakar went on tour with us. Um, he was a player that showed up um, in a lot of the photos and looked like he may end up playing a bit of a role at the Albion. Um, however, that is not the case. Uh, Mlakar has gone to QPR. Um, not sure if he started yesterday. Didn't get a chance to look. Um, but I think that's a great move for him too. Uh, it will give him a real good taste of English football. Uh, it will let us know whether he can cut the cut the cut the business or not. Um, and I think it's a great move for him and for us. Um, if we aren't going to use him, what's the point in keeping him here? Um, Percy Tau, the elusive, elusive Percy Tau, um, a man who will probably never wear an Albion shirt in his career, um, which is a damn shame, has moved to Club Bruges. Uh, one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Lucky him, lucky Percy. Um, already scored on his debut. Uh, an absolute cheeky goal it was to... Uh, he was put through one-on-one -on -one and just chipped it over the keeper. Like, just unreal. Super easy goal. Um, and I think it's a crying shame that we're probably never going to see him play for the Albion because I genuinely think he's a bit of a talent. Um, and I think that... If we were able to get him to the Premier League, I think he'd become quite a player, truly. Um, but off to Bruges he goes. Uh, hopefully this year we'll give him a better chance of getting some whatever magical visa points are needed to get him over here. Because um, he ain't getting them with South Africa, clearly. Uh, they had a pretty poor African Cup of Nations. Um, and off he goes. Uh, Sanchez, um, our other goalkeeper, has gone to Rochdale um, on loan. Great signing for them. Great signing for us. Uh, you know, it gives him. He's following the Christian Walton route of uh, playing football in the football league, um, and he'll probably play every game for Rochdale. So good for him. Happy with that move. Uh, we'll have to see what happens. And of course, Clark to Derby. Off he goes. Happy days. Job done. One more thing I do want to bring up uh, before we move to the table. Uh, the rumour is right now that Arsenal are going to sign Philippe Coutinho. Uh, oh shit, 
is my response. We just got rid of Eden Hazard, one man who ripped us a new one. We do not need the other one back. I hope that doesn't go through, because Coutinho takes the piss out of us whenever he plays us. Um, so fingers crossed that that deal collapses horribly, because I don't want him back. He scares me. Him and Hazard seem to be the only players that totally have our number. Um, and he is on the list for coming back. So fingers crossed that doesn't happen. We'll be taking a look at that next week to see whether it does. So I took a look at the Premier League table this year. And same as every year, uh, you know, you try and look at teams that are in the mix with you, right? Um, you're like, okay, cool. Uh, these are the teams that we need to make sure we do better than. So I've done the same thing. And this is what my table looks like. I have it split into one, two, three, four, five sections. Um, not the usual top six mid-table relegation candidate sections, because uh, I don't think that actually exists anymore. Um, I have a different one. So I have a top two, which is Manchester City and Liverpool, uh, meeting today in the Community Shield. They're not the scorers because they haven't kicked off yet. Uh, but Manchester City and Liverpool are the top two for me. Uh, I don't think any of the teams below them come close to being in their league right now. Next up is the next four. Um, and that, of course, is United, Arsenal, Spurs and Chelsea. Um, they're still spending five times more money than anybody else. They're all got the elite managers. Well, actually, I'm not going to say that because I don't think Ole Gunnar or Frank are elite managers. But they're all top play. They're all top teams. They're all, you know, the classic top six. Next section, section three, the best of the rest. Uh, Everton and Leicester sit in there alone. Um, I think they are always, they're never in danger of going down. Um, you know, I don't think they're ever going to be in that danger at all. I think they are always going to be a team that could maybe one day break the top six if someone else has a bad year. Um, so they're my best of the rest. Now the following uh, is two more sections, the wildcard section and the relegation candidate section. These are the ones that we need to be paying attention to because we're the ones that are in here. So the wildcard section is a section that I consider uh, teams to be teams that will either be challenging for a top seven spot, top eight spot, uh, or they're going to be firmly amongst the relegation candidates. They're not teams that are definitely going to be in the relegation mix, um, but they are teams that could well be with one wrong move. Um, and there are five of them in here. So we have Watford. A team that defied all expectations last year. Um, again, their squad on paper does not seem like a very good squad. But uh, Gracia, their manager, has them playing excellent football. Um, and I think that they have to be considered a wild card. They could well be another top 10 team this year. They could be an absolute disaster. Um, we're just not going to know. Uh, so they, they fit in the wild card spot. West Ham, same thing. Spent a lot of money this year. That doesn't seem to make them immune from relegation, though. Uh, you never know what they're going to do. Um, I do think Haller is a great signing for them. I do think that they'll do well. Uh, but they fit in my wildcard spot because you just never know. Next up, Burnley. One year they qualify for Europe. The next they barely escape relegation. Who knows what they're going to do. A front two of Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes have all the promise in the world of doing well or being the worst strike, strike geo in the Premier League. Preseason suggests that they may well be very good, uh, but, you know, let's not count those chickens. Bournemouth, again, I feel like they're one, they're, they're one year away from dropping into an absolute shit show. Uh, 
under Eddie Howe, I don't see it happening. Um, much like Kerbishley at Charlton, uh, I don't see them dropping with Howe at the helm. Um, however, it is only a matter of time, I feel, until Howe finally gets pickpocketed and goes somewhere else. And if that's the case, I think Bournemouth are in big trouble. And finally, Wolves. Um, Wolves do not make my best of the rest category because they play in Europe this year. I said last year in the same podcast, I did something very similar to this. Um, and I touted Burnley as a team to possibly go down. Nobody agreed with me, at least on the comments. Um, everybody thought they should be fine. Um, but people seem to underestimate the effect that the Europa League has on teams year after year. And Wolves do not have a deep squad. Uh, they probably have one of the thinnest squads in the entire Premier League. Um, so they cannot they cannot afford any skit slip-ups uh, in Europe and the Prem. If they do, they can play all the beautiful football in the world they want under Nuno. Um, they are going to be in big trouble if they don't pl- if they don't like, play this right. Uh, so Wolves sit in my wild card too. Um, you never know. And the rest sit in my relegation candidates. There is us, of course, because we barely escape by the skin of our teeth. Uh, Sheffield United, Villa and Norwich all sit in there because they are newly promoted teams. I don't care who you are, you're never going to get out of that relegation candidate until the first year is over. Um, for what it's worth, I think that Villa should be okay. Uh, not so confident on Sheffield or Norwich. Southampton uh, improved tenfold under Hassan Huttle or whatever the hell his name is. Um, but there's no con- there's no guarantees that'll carry on into the following season. Um, you know, they're, they're a team that can't seem to decide what they're doing. They don't know whether they're coming or going. Um, so they are a relegation candidate right now. And the final two, the final two are teams that I think are in real big trouble. Um, one of them being Newcastle. Uh, they got rid of Rafa this summer. Terrible move. Um, they wouldn't back him. They wouldn't give him the money that he wanted. Uh, and they went and then signed Steve Bruce uh, to a managerial contract. There's a whole bunch of fallout with Sheffield Wednesday about it. And then they gave him a whole bunch of money they won't give to Rafa um, to make some signings. I don't care who they bring in. Uh, they could bring in Messi. And I am always going to tip a team managed by Steve Bruce to be in big trouble. Uh, no disrespect to Newcastle themselves, but Steve Bruce is a bad Premier League manager. Steve Bruce is going to put you in a big pickle. So they're part of my relegation candidates. And I think they may end up being in the bottom three. And the other one is Palace. And not just because we hate them, um, but because they've had a really bad preseason. They've not made any good signings, truly. Zaha looks to probably be on his way out by the end of the month, uh, whether he goes to Europe or to an English team. And Wan-Bissaka's gone. um, And they haven't really invested very well at all. Uh, I think they're in deep shit. I really do. Um, I think they're in big trouble. Uh, Hodgson, good manager, but he has a shelf life uh, in management, much like Hutton. He has a couple of seasons before he goes to shit. Um, I think it, I think they're in big trouble this year too, um, and I think it's a good thing because the more teams in this category, the better for us. I think that the the teams relegated will be three of those: uh, three of Bretton, Sheffield United, Villa, Norwich, Saints, Newcastle, or Palace. Um, I know I'm not doing anything different there to pretty much everybody else, and I'm sure the bookies see it relatively the same. Uh, But that's the guess uh, that we'll see at the end of the year. Three of those gone. Moving on to pre-season. Now, 
I'm not a fan of preseason. I'm certainly not a fan of giving hot sports opinions after the preseason. Um, because it really doesn't mean a great deal um, when the when the season starts. Because, you know, there are times when we can go through an entire preseason, barely win a game, and then we get promoted. And there are also times in preseason where you can storm everybody, put four past everyone, and then get relegated. So... What I was most interested in this year was looking at how it changes under Potter um, and what that looks like uh, in terms of how we're set up, how we play, who looks good, who looks bad, um, who looks to benefit from him, who looks to lose with his uh, introduction. So if you've been waiting for a real Albion-centric part of the podcast, uh, if you listened to last year's, you'll know that it was really all over the place in terms of looking at the outer prem and us. Uh, we are now onto the Albion-centric certain section. So, FC Liefering were our first team, uh, a Red Bull feeder club uh, in the lower leagues of Austria. Um, we beat them 5-2. We employed a 4-2-3-1, uh, and it was really just an exercise routine. Uh, we did go to three at the back for a little while, um, but honestly, you really did see already the style of play changing itself up a little bit. Um, there were times when we were playing them that it looked no different to a Hutton game, um, but there were times where we looked more attacking. But again, preseason, you're like, eh, what are you going to do? Um, we looked a little frail at the back, we looked panicked, um, we looked very good at set pieces, Lacardia looked very lively. Um, overall, 5-2, good exercise, Bolden lads, on to the next one. On to the next weekend, it was a double header. Uh, we had Crawley on the Friday night and Fulham on the Saturday. Uh, we beat Crawley 1-0, and it was a bit deceptive, really. Um, it was actually an under-23 team. Um, to me, I wonder if it was for Potter to decide who to loan out and who to keep. Um, Baluta was one of the men who stayed. Uh, and new signing from Manchester City, Taylor Richards, uh, central attacking midfielder, scored a goal. Uh, the only goal of the game, penalty. Uh, cheeky chip down the middle. Uh, I believe it's called a panenka these days. Um, it's just a chip down the middle, really. But... Yep, scored the goal. Fulham. Now, we got beat by Fulham, 2-1. Didn't watch much of this game at all. Um, no stream I could find, but we played the 4-2-3-1 again. Uh, we sounded very frail at the back again. Um, lots of improvement needed. And that was all there really was to take away from it. Um, however, the next two, Birmingham and Valencia. Now, these are the ones where I paid a little more attention, and the reason being is because this starts to become dress rehearsal time. Uh... This starts to become times where the first 11 looks like it's going to be our strongest 11. Uh, less subs start being made. Um, yeah, so Birmingham. Away at Birmingham, 4-0 was the, was the win. Uh, and the biggest takeaway from this is not the result, but the change. All change. 3-4-3 three, three in formation. March and Montoya at wing-back. Dunk, Burn and Duffy at the back. Brilliant. My takeaways from this one, Lacardia and Trossard looked excellent at the front with Murray. We still looked very panicked at the back, uh, even with three centre-backs back there. We looked lethal again from set pieces. Uh, Trossard looked lethal again from free kicks. It looks like he is on all three kicks when Gross is off the pitch. Uh, his corners, bang, bad, 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 bang average. Uh, he can't seem to beat the first man to save his life, which... Blows my mind because his free kicks were excellent. Floated balls, 
how he can make one so good and one so bad is beyond me. Uh, great result. But the biggest thing to me was that change to three at the back. Is that going to be something going forward? Who knows? Next up, Valencia, two days ago. What do we line up with? But the 3-4-3. Same formation that we played last time. Same squad that we used last time. Biggest takeaways. Is Dan Byrne going to be the man replaced by Webster? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's a bit harsh on him too. Because uh, I think he played incredibly well in the last two games. Um, but we looked really, really decent. Um, the panickiness at the back seems to have dissipated somewhat. Um, we were caught by an absolutely excellent cross by the Valencia player for the goal for them. Um, believe it ended up being a dunk own goal, uh, but I think whoever it came off of, it was going in. Um, I thought we were. I thought we were positive. Uh, a lot of people worried that we don't know how to play against the press, but I thought we looked really good against the press. Um, we very rarely gave the ball away to them in dangerous positions, which we were horrible at doing last year. Um, we played our way out, and whenever we did play our way out, um, we always had one of Lacardia or um, Trossard very keen to run at them. Um, that rotating front three is wild. Uh, it looks like... We're obviously starting out with Trossard on the left, Lacardia on the right, and Murray up front. Um, but it doesn't seem to be a fixed thing. Uh, all three of them are just moving around freely. Um, it doesn't seem to matter what they're doing. They're happy to just move around, help each other out, do what they need to do to get goals. 3-4-3. Um, three, three. Not a formation I expected us to be playing. <laughs> um it's never one he's played before, so we'll have to see. Um, so preseason covered. Uh, what to expect for the Albion uh, in terms of formation? It looks like it's pretty clear um, that we'll be playing either a four-two-three-one or a three-four-three. Um, and if we're going to play a three-four-three, uh, there's definitely a lot of room to play the three-five-two we used at Ostersons too. Um, it seems clear to me that he's really put the players through their paces this season. Uh, this is the benefit of getting in a new manager early um, and having a full preseason with him. Uh, he has had a whole summer to get this team playing in a way he wants them to play. And knowing him and the way he talks, uh, it looks like they're probably a million miles off playing in his ideal dream way. Um, but they've made a huge amount of progress over the last six weeks. They look hungry. They look energetic. And most of all, they all look like they want to be there, which is obviously a huge bonus. Um, but it's something that didn't seem like seem the absolute opposite at the end of last season. I um, think it seems pretty obvious to me that we're going to line up with the 3-4-3 opening the season, uh, as that's how we've gone the last two games that we played in preseason. I definitely saw Valencia as the dress rehearsal. Uh, I expect they're probably to be the same 11, even with Webster coming in. Um, I think it would be harsh on Potter not to give Burn that chance, um, but we'll see. Uh, and however, you know, who knows? We may not st we may not stick with 3-4-3. Three, three. Um, with players like Gross being forced to the bench with the change uh, and Potter being known to tinker the formations a lot, um, I'd expect it to be rather fluid. You know, if we went 1 or 2 nil up or something like that, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go to 4 uh, two, three, one. Who knows, right? I think he's just—he's a tinkerer. He's going to change things as they go. Um, but my guess is the three, four, three. 
Um, and my guess for the 11 is the exact same 11 we just played against Valencia, uh, no matter what signings we make this week. Taking a look deeper into the player pos- uh, perspective, um, I went through and picked out a couple of people I think are direct winners uh, from Potter's introduction and direct losers from Potter's introduction. So there are plenty of them uh, who have going to do better or worse under Potter, of course. I mean, that's a stupid thing not to say, right? But I think there's a couple that stand to benefit more than any others, and there's a couple that are going to really be hurt by Potter's introduction. Um, and here we go. So winners. I have three winners and two losers. Three winners. First one, Jurgen Lacardia. All the way up until about January of last year, I backed him to be a player. I felt, in my own opinion, that he passed every eye test uh, of being a solid Premier League striker. Uh, he just was being used horribly. It delighted me to see, constantly see, a massive smile on his face uh, at camp this summer, at all the preseason stuff this summer. He looks very happy to be there. He looks very, very promising in preseason. Um, you know I've been a believer in him for a long time. Uh, but as you all know, I thought there was no saving him at the end of the year. He looked checked out. He looked done. He looked like he was off. And honestly, I couldn't wait to see the back of him because he was such a disappointment. Um, but this preseason, he has been a major light. Uh, goals, assists, disruptive play. Um, you know, he played incredibly well against Birmingham. He played a couple of dirty passes against Valencia. Um, he has it all right now. He's started every preseason game. Um, I will be stunned if he hasn't earned himself a start against Watford. Uh, and if we do sign some of the players that are rumored to be coming in, which we'll get to at the end here, um, he's going to have to keep that performance up. But he stands to be a big victor from Graham Potter. Um, he seems to be a totally different player. Um, and I think we can be very excited about him. My other one uh, is Lewis Dunk. Um, if we are going to indeed move to a full-time back three, uh, I don't think there is any bigger winner than Dunk in this entire team. Um, and primarily, um, he's on the hunt for an, England, for an England shirt long-term, right? He wants to play for England. He's already got a call up once, and it would be a long-term investment for him. Southgate is going to have to sit up and take notice of him this season if we adapt well. Um, if he is well and truly bedded into Potter's style of three at the back and Albion are doing okay, like e.g. not in the bottom three, um, I think that there is no player more suited um, to benefit from this change than Lewis Dunk. Uh, Ashworth is already at the club. Uh, he is the extra bit of in-the-know needed um, to get a call-up. I think he's made the absolute right decision in staying, and I'm putting my, I'm putting my banner to the mast now in that he is staying. Uh, Potter has said he's staying. Naylor has said he's staying. Brian Owen has said he's staying. Uh, I fully believe that Lewis Dunk will be an Albion player this time next week, and this time next week, the transfer window's shut. So I think he's going to stay. I think he's going to be an absolute beast in a back three. And I expect him to be in an England shirt by March um, and not on fluke, on pure credit. Next season, however, if that happens, we probably won't keep him. And you know what? That's great because we can look back and go, hey, everybody, 
Harry Maguire just went for £85 million. We'll take some of that. Thanks very much. Uh, and my third one, um, and this really goes from a bunch of tweets today from Brian Owen. Uh, Ezekiel Shalotto, um looks to be a pretty major winner of uh, Graham Potter coming in. Um, Brian Owen has stated that the club do not see right back as a priority right now in their, in their transfer dealings. Um, and it would lend itself to be that Shalotto will be the backup right wing back for Montoya. Um, shocking. If true. Big if true. Um, he has not played a single game for the Albion in quite some time. Um, the only game I would say that Shalotto had a good game was the time that we played a three at the back with him at wing back, uh, I believe, away at Chelsea. And it was the only time he looked... It was his best game, comfortably. Um, Montoya has already shown he has limitations in that right wing back role. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when he comes back and is fit. Uh, I'm not sure what the injury that is that he has. Um, but I'm very intrigued by this by this little turn of events here. Um, and Shalotto slipped into my winners late because I had two of each to keep it even. But I needed to bring him in because... If he ends up being the backup right wing back, like I said, he plays well in a back three with wing backs. He could be an absolute random breakout. We shall see. Um, losers. Now, losers uh, are pretty major here, actually. Uh, number one, Florin Andone. Um, I thought he looked excellent when he came on against Valencia. I thought he brought the team to life somewhat after slowing down. But there is no one more shocked than me. Uh, to say that he's played a total bit part all summer. Um, I can't see him starting anytime soon. Um, whenever he came on last year, he looked full of energy and ideas. Whenever he's came on this summer, he's looked full of energy and ideas, but he must be doing something wrong in training. Um, or is it that simply others are doing more? Um, you know, Lacardia's resurgence is obviously going to be directly affecting Landone's lack of chances. Um... And with the fact that we are rumoured to be bringing in at least one more striker, if not two, um, it's going to be a very interesting opening few weeks to see what happens with him. Um, is he even going to be here this time next week? I don't know. Like, are we going to ship him out on loan? I, d I don't know. But I think he's a big loser in this move because I expected him to be a major player uh, in pause front four. And he hasn't done a damn thing. So, shocked. And the other one is Pascal Gross. Um, and probably more shocking than Andone. Uh, Pascal has been left out of the 11 since we moved to a 3-4-3. And honestly, who can blame Graham Potter? Um, the formation is all wrong for Gross. Uh, you know how they say, like, you know, in boxing fights, uh, in boxing matches, uh, people can be stylistic nightmares for one another, right? Like, oh, yeah, he's a great boxer, but that lad just is everything wrong for him. Um... Gross is everything wrong for a 3-4-3. Um, he is a total stylistic nightmare. Um, there is no real way to shoehorn Gross into the formation Potter is currently using. Uh, I was worried about this, honestly, the minute I finished up the Potter podcast. Um, because the sheer lack of his pace, and with Murray currently up top, um, Potter can't afford two slow players um, up front in a system that has always relied on pace. Uh... And honestly, I thought we were going to play the 4-2-3-1. We haven't. But that would have then been two slow players uh, with wingers 
I think right now his chances are going to be limited if we stick with the three at the back. Um, I do think if we sign a pacey striker like the El Nez, El Nezuri, Nez, Nezuri, uh, that's going to be a nightmare. I need to learn how to pronounce that if we end up signing that player. Um, but I do think if we sign a player like that um, in the Mori mold, we may well see Gross play more often and the team adopt the 4-2-3-1 more often. Um, but for now, it's a bad time for Pascal Gross. He had a bad year with injury and not being able to get in the team due to being hurt. Um, and then when he did get in the team, we were playing that flat 4-3-4-5-1 nonsense bullshit uh, that put him in a horrible spot. And now a new manager with attacking impetus and positivity and lively players came in and he can't fit himself into the squad either there because there's nowhere for him in a 3-4-3. So what an absolute bugger for him. Um, you got to feel for him because he's a good player. Uh, and when he did come on, he bagged like what, like two, three goal, like two, three assists generally when he's coming on. Um, he got his assist against uh, Valencia with the Duffy corner. And I think he did. No, that was Trossard. Never mind. But he got, he's, you know, he's still potent. Um, I feel bad for him, but we'll see. Uh, final section of the pod. We've gone on for quite some time. Uh, but I haven't been, I haven't spoken to you in three months, so we'll survive. Final part. We have less than a week to go before the end of the transfer window. Neil Moore Pye seems to be a player that is coming in from Brentford. Striker, built very much like Florian Andone. Good player. £20 million is the rumour. Be very shocked if it ends up being that much. But he is a striker, and strikers go for outrageous money. So who knows? Maybe he is the man we're getting in. If he comes in, what does that mean for Andone? What does that mean for our formation? Who knows? Uh, he has played as an out-and-out striker in most games, but he ain't a big glad. I think he's only 5'7", so I don't know what that means for us. Uh, right back. We've had a whole bunch of right backs over the last week rumoured to be coming in, and it seems that we're not interested. Uh, right back is not a priority right now, according to the Argus. Um, are we going to bring in another winger? Who knows? We don't have a great deal of wingers right now. Ali Razor is on Instagram, I believe, saying that he's back to the Netherlands. Is he going out on loan again this season? If he is going out on loan, what's happening there? You know? Like, if Ali Razor is going out, we have a significant lack of wingers. Who knows? Um, Al Nesri, or whatever his name is, again, another man that we had rumoured uh, as a striker. Built much more like Glenn Murray uh, and Ollie McBurney, in fact. Um than anybody else. That's the one I hope we get over the line the most. We have been looking for, it blows my mind really, um, that we have been fully aware of and in need of a new striker built like Glenn Murray for two seasons in the Premier League. And we are now approaching our f the end of our fifth transfer window and we have yet to fill those boots. It, and we've seen teams all around us doing it. McBurney, Haller, Joel Linton, Wesley. That's just this year. Mitrovic. You know, it just blows my mind that we haven't done it. Please, 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 scouting team. Get your shit together and get this man in. Any of them. Whoever it is. Just sign a tall player with pace that can play in the position that we need him to, please. Final one, Danny Drinkwater. 
is one of the players that have been linked. Uh, Brian Owen says there's nothing in it. Um, but the fact of the matter is Lampard, I believe, uh, does want him gone um, out on loan. And whether Brian says there's nothing in it or not, there is no denying that that would be an incredible signing for us. Um, so that would be brilliant. A, a midfield two of Proper or Drinkwater or Bissuma or Stevens, awesome. Bring it on. Um, I think it's going to be a busy last week. I think that the uh, recruitment team and the transfer team have a lot of work on their hands, boys and girls. Um, I won't want to be them because it looks like it's going to be a, a lot of late nights. Uh, and, you know, this is what happens when you bring in a new manager. Um, they want a preseason to judge their team. And then they come back to you with two weeks to go and go, cool, here's my laundry list of things I need. Now I've had a chance to properly look. Uh, you can't get to do your business early in a world like that, Albion. Um, so those recruitment teams, uh, you know, you're being paid good money to do it. Have fun. Um, because I suspect that this is going to be how it is this year. Uh, and, you know, Potter will know exactly what he wants this time next year um, to continue our Europa League trials. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think that that uh, I think it's going to be a busy week. I think there's going to be a lot to unpack. Um, next week I suspect that we'll be doing transfer window closing and the first game of the season um, and not a great deal else I think that'll cover 30 to 40 minutes comfortably um, but we've hit the time we're done uh, we are at what just over an hour thank you for listening um, these are always strange because last year it was my very first podcast and this one is my first one in three months and it's extra long and I have a lot to go through so Thank you for sticking with me. Um, next season, next season, next week, we'll be back to the tried and tested. Um, and please email me at togetherbha at gmail.com. Tweet me at togetherbha. Facebook, togetherbha. Instagram, togetherbha. I'm on all of them. Uh, message me on absolutely any of them. Thoughts, feelings, opinions, anything you want to talk about. I will bring it up here next week on Together a Brighton and Albion podcast. Have a good week, everyone.